A fun win against North Carolina heading into the Big East Tournament a couple weeks out from that. And then we're also going to talk a little bit of NIT because that seems to be where this team is headed. All ahead on Championship Blue. Championship Blue. And Marquette has won the national championship. Go research how many schools have a national championship. It is hard as can be to win one of those suckers. Championship Blue with Kevin Wells and Brian D. Last time I looked in the dictionary, my name's Brian D. What's your name? Brian Fantana. Brian? Kevin attempted to try out for the team before figuring out the media was where he belonged. <sighs> Man, not that great at basketball, guys. Not that great. Two Marquette grabs from two different eras. Trying to avoid the upset. Blue the draw to the left hand. It's good. One second to play. Vander Blue has put Marquette in front by one. Howard step back three again. And again. He throws it. He's got 50. A team of Marquette guys talking Marquette hoops. A team should be an extension of your personality. And my teams are thoroughly obnoxious and arrogant. Championship Blue with Brian D. and Kevin Wells on Wisconsin On Demand. Brian, what's going on, my man? Feels Chilling like it's been a couple of weeks since I've done this, but like it's only been two weeks, but it feels like a lot longer. Yeah, I'm back does. off a fresh vacation. I'm ready to ride. Had a fun time watching that North Carolina game. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, you went to a state where the college basketball is actually pretty good right now. Yeah, no kidding. Football, too. I mean, I guess that's a little bit here and there, but I couldn't tell you how many... Michigan flags were flying. How many trucks had the decals on the back? I mean, yeah, they're super proud of that team. And it almost a little bit of hint of jealousy popped yeah. upon me when I was I driving through. Fair. I'm like, you know, we get, we have that pride about our team, but it'll be, it's going to be really nice when we have a perennial uh, real good team that's top 15 a lot of the time. Top 25 always seems to be mentioned in there. But, yeah, it was a fun little trip. It's weird that it's it's Michigan this year that is the premier college basketball school in that state, not Michigan State. We're used to Michigan State being the team that's you know competing for Final Fours all the time, but the Spartans are uh, as bubbly as can possibly be. I mean, there's seven and ten in, in conference play uh, in the Big Ten. Joey Hauser's having a nice year, but they're they're right on the bubble and their streak. I think they've made 23 consecutive NCAA tournaments. Serious. That's very much in jeopardy at this point right now. But the Wolverines just on cruise control, 18 and one overall, 13 and one in conference play, number two team in the country. They've got legitimate national championship hopes. Yeah, no question. The Big Ten's been a lot of fun to watch this year for sure, and it, it is going to be. They will. They may be a bubble team, but I, I definitely see you know the people who choose, and I definitely see them giving a little bit of a more an edge to a team on the bubble in the sure. Big Ten than a team on the bubble in the Big East. Yeah, and we'll get into that. too. No doubt about it. So speaking of traditional college basketball powers, we'll go from Michigan State. To North Carolina, the Golden Eagles actually had a really nice February non-conference win in a weird February non-conference game that was set up because of COVID-19. So we know a couple of weeks ago, Marquette's game at home against Georgetown was canceled because uh, the Hoyas were going through some COVID-19 issues. And North Carolina had a big gap in their schedule, Kevin, because they were supposed to play, I believe it was Boston College? Um and BC had some some COVID issues as it well. It was Boston College, yeah. It took me a second to remember. It was Boston College, yes. So uh, both of these schools had a big gap in their schedules and couldn't fill it because th- that's the difficult thing about this college basketball season. Even if you have a gap, other teams are still playing. So the, the way it worked out for Georgetown is they played on a Saturday, a Tuesday, and then a Saturday. And Marquette played, had the weekend off, which was weird. 
and then couldn't fill the schedule because Georgetown was playing two, and everybody else was playing, obviously, because that's how Big East Conference play works. North Carolina kind of the same deal, so they found this gap. Wojo called up one of his old rivals and Roy Williams and said, <laughs> hey, what are you doing Tuesday night? And the boys flew down there and kicked some Tar Heel ass, which was really fun because, A, Marquette was struggling. They were in the midst of uh, a pretty significant losing streak. Um, but B, Roy Williams was trying to get his 900th career victory. The Tar Heels are very much on the bubble themselves for the NCAA tournament. And to see Wojo go down there and the Golden Eagles go down there and really just uh, for, kick the crap out of North Carolina, was awesome, man. for a better way of phrasing it, was really, really fun to watch on ESPN. Well, the, the cool thing about this game, too, I noticed on Twitter afterwards, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about Wojo, we forget the fact that he, pay, he played for Duke and he played against Roy Williams. Roy Williams has had skin in the game for so long. I mean, he never beat him as a player, but, yep. you know, he beats him as a coach. I mean, it was cool. It was a really fun game, and this was a game Marquette was up by 18 at one point a couple times. I yeah. mean, this was just from the get-go, opening jump. I mean, they had everything working. I did. They're working down low. I mean, Dawson. I I think this was Dawson's best game of his career. I said that on the news. You know, you're supposed to have a supposed to have a straight opinion or not a have opinion on this button, but I couldn't help it. No, Dawson I, Garcia played his best game of the year against North Carolina. I fail at that not opinion thing on the news every single day <laughs> in my life. I don't. I I called JJ so hard, right? I, I called out JJ Watt on the news this morning for being an idiot and choosing to go to a place that finished seven and nine last year. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Dawson Garcia. <laughs> 24 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists in that game. He was terrific in 37 minutes. And you're right, this was this was a comfortable victory for Marquette. It never felt like they were going to lose. Every time North Carolina came with a run, Marquette was there to answer. They got great contributions from other guys too. DJ Carton, 17 points. Greg Elliott, 15 in the starting lineup. I mean, it was a full-team victory in every way. And for a team that seems destined to miss the NCAA tournament, it was fun for me to watch Marquette kind of spoil somebody else's NCAA tournament hopes. Now, who knows? North Carolina could still get in. um, But it it was fun to see Roy Williams take to the podium after the game and just get peppered by the media saying, why the hell would you schedule these guys? That was what I was going to, yeah. When there was no real upside for North Carolina. And that was the thing. You You heard him saying, of course I wouldn't have scheduled this game if I knew we were going to lose. I didn't think we were going to lose. Uh, Obviously, you don't think you're going to lose to a team that's been sputtering as much as this Marquette team has. But, I mean, this it was. you're right. This game was just, let's call it what it is. It was a lot of fun in a season that's been difficult to watch, a team that's struggling to score a lot of points. They put up 83 in this one. I don't know what their season high is, but that's got to be pretty close. Um, just for a team that's been struggling to put up points in many of their big games this year, um, like I said, I, I enjoyed it for the slow fact of it was cool to see him at the Dean Dome, too. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's really neat. And and this is another thing. You, were, you mentioned North Carolina being on the bubble. This kind of goes off topic a little bit here, but could you see them leaving, like, you know, the four powerhouse programs out? Like, I think, well, Kansas is getting in for sure, duh. But, like, we're looking at we're looking at Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, the th- and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Those four real – see, that, that to me – has me thinking that North Carolina is going to get in because I think they're the best of the three. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting because people obviously tune in to watch those teams play, but it's going to come down to merit in a year like this. And, you know, the other thing that we haven't taken into account, by the way, Jill Lenardi has North Carolina as a, a 10 seed uh, as of today in his bracketology yeah. at ESPN.com. Um, you know, it'll be interesting because the one thing we haven't taken into consideration yet because it hasn't happened yet is those spoiler teams that win their conference tournaments and steal automatic bids happens every single year. 
uh, from teams that you think are going to get the automatic bid, right? So let's say somebody weird in the Horizon League, like UW-Milwaukee goes on a run and steals a bid from the team that's expected to win the Horizon League. All of a sudden, that's another team on the bubble that can't get in because Milwaukee has stolen a bid, right? So um, currently, first four out for Lenardi. Michigan State, Duke, both in that in that yeah. group of teams. I would agree with them too. I, right? I think I would agree. So and then you look at the Big East too. I mean, UConn is in Lenardi's last four buys right now, and then the last four in Seton Hall and Xavier. So the Big East is super bubblicious now, and that's going to create some really fun, entertaining matchups these last two weeks of Big East play, but then into New York City at Madison Square Garden as well. Um to answer your question, it's all going to be based on merit. Like who's going to win a, a huge game down the stretch? Like literally any big time win down the stretch here for any of these teams that we just mentioned, whether it's you know those Big Ten legacy teams, ACC legacy teams, Big East teams, any big win that you get from here on out could be the difference of you making the tournament. And conversely, any even soul-crushing loss, if you lose to a bad team by one point, it could be the difference in you not going to March Madness at this point in time, which makes March amazing. And the Big East, too. I thought at the beginning of the year that this conference was easily sending five teams, and now it looks like you know you for sure got two at the top. I think UConn personally is going to be in there. They'll get in. I, I think they're getting in. Seton Hall's going to be probably in too. But after that, I mean, I thought St. John's, when they played Marquette, I was like, wow, what is this team? Like, yeah. they're completely – I thought that they, they were, like, going to get in. It doesn't look like it. So it seems like this is the only, and we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, the only chance this team has is the automatic bid. Um, will we see some opt-outs in the Big East tournament? What are we What are we going to see? I mean, they're so, like you said, it's all gummed up in there. But that's Marquette's only hope at this point. Regardless, though, that, that North Carolina game, it's another quad one win. You know, maybe they get to the finals of the Big East tournament, and maybe, maybe. Yeah, so that, that's... think of their head, the squeaky wheel. That's where the UConn game, and we can dive into this a little bit, Marquette fell on the road at UConn 80-62. I mean, yeah, it's, it's relevant. <laughs> um, you know, we don't have to pick apart the game too much, but it's relevant because it would have been another Quadrant 1 victory for Marquette if they had gotten that on the road against a, a top 75 team. That's how you break down Quadrant 1 wins on the road. Um, and they whiffed on it. So I think it's out of the question now. I think they have to win the Big East tournament if they want to get in. But after the North Carolina game, because that was a Q1 win, if you stack that and Connecticut, take care of business against DePaul, which who knows, that's always a crapshoot for Marquette, and then come home and beat Xavier, if, you, if they would have won out from the North Carolina game and then go into the Big East tournament, pick off one of the top two seeds, and then play somebody tight in the semifinal or get to the final, all of a sudden you watch Selection Sunday with a little bit more intrigue for Marquette because they would have had five or six Quadrant 1 wins, which is a really solid number. Now it seems like you got to win the whole damn thing if you want to get in. And coming up next year on Championship Blue, we're going to break down the Big East Conference tournament picture because it's murky in a lot of different ways, not just for Marquette. There's a lot of change that can happen in these last two weeks of the conference season. It's going to be fun to break down. Yeah, not to bring up that old conversation that we had a few weeks ago. Remember the big stink I made about that UConn game at home? Uh-huh. This is kind of why. Yeah. That was a chance to win. I mean, that would have been would have been huge for them. Well, they've, yeah. had, they've had a ton of those opportunities. I think, you know, the Creighton game at home was was a three-point game. Uh, you know, St. Right. John's at home was a two-point game. This, this Marquette team has played several one- or two-possession games that could be the difference in them making or missing the tournament. I think about Seton Hall at home. It feels like years ago it was a seven-point loss, but that was a three-point game in the final minute. So there's a lot of these games that... If two possessions go your way, Marquette's 
inside right now, but that's that's uh, that's the break sometimes. That's how the cookie crumbles. As that's Bruce March, Almighty baby. Says. Yep. It's March. Let's get excited. Let's talk about the tournament next ahead on Championship Blue. Big East tournament, a couple weeks away over at Madison. I almost said Madison Square Garden because I'm so used to it. Uh, it's at, is it is it happening in MSG or yeah, are they... it's at Madison Square Garden. Okay, yeah, they haven't changed anything. Oh, okay. I thought for oh, I was thinking they would put it in Indy. That was the big the Big Ten. I, I was I got confused there. So the Big Ten moved it there. It's it's a really smart move, Kevin, by the Big Ten Conference to do that because they were going to have theirs in Chicago and they just moved it down to Indy because that's where the NCAA smart, tournament is. Yeah. And you're basically putting everybody that's going to make the tournament in a pseudo bubble. So that's smart. But Biggie's still at Madison Square Garden. The uh, tournament's going to start, um, you know, in about a week and a half's time here. And I'm really curious to see where Marquette plays because I, I spent about an hour of my morning this morning. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday, March 2nd. Uh, I spent about an hour just burning my brain out trying to figure out all these scenarios. This is really hard this year to figure out seeding for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, there are 11 teams in the Big East now. So mm-hmm. the top three seeds are all getting first-round buys. And there's a 6-11 game, a 7-10 game, and an 8-9 game in that first round. Um, Marquette's going to be playing in that first round for sure. There's no yeah, way they there's can no question high, they won't. They can't, yeah. they can't go higher than seventh. They can, however, if I've got my math and scenarios right, finish seventh with some help, finish eighth, finish ninth or finish 10th. Now they can't finish 11th, which is great. We've we've avoided the basement. We've avoided the nuclear option. Um, but seven, eight, nine, and 10 are all still very much in play for the Marquette Golden Eagles based on what happens. Um, in, in terms of best case scenario, I think you want to play Creighton in your second game if you take care of business in your first round game because Villanova's kicked your ass twice and you you beat Creighton on the road and played them relatively tight the second time around. Um, so Creighton's a better matchup for Marquette, undoubtedly based on the first two matchups. And if you start to piece together a Cinderella run, which is what we need for the Golden Eagles, Creighton is absolutely the better matchup. Now, the difficult part is we don't know if Creighton's going to win the Big East or not yet. Um, and Butler kind of screwed everything up this weekend by beating Villanova. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Which was wild. Butler is is horrible. Like Marquette is, <laughs> Marquette's played Butler twice. They beat him handily in Indianapolis, but Butler looked awful in Milwaukee, and so did Marquette in that game. And somehow the Golden Eagles came out with a victory. But inexplicably, Butler's nine and thirteen on the year. They've got eight wins in Big East Conference play, and they've beaten both Villanova and Creighton. Like Butler's the most head scratching team in the Big East. They they, they have weird good wins but they also suck i can't i can't put my it seems to be a lot like what marquette does too they they have yeah. seasons like that You're where right. they they it's just hot and cold you have a good north carolina game and then you just completely you lose by 18 on the road to uconn again a team that you almost beat at home i personally i i, I tend to agree with you here i would like to see them play creighton first because yeah you don't want nova you'll lose right away and again this team's never gotten past the second round of the big east tournament so if you want to see them get a little bit quicker and you end up playing Creighton in the first, but if again, if they win, well, they've they've gotten to the semifinals. They've gotten through two rounds, or they, they've, they've never won. They've two nev- games. they've gotten yeah, they've gotten into the second round. They've never gone beyond that, is what I meant to say. Well, they've won a first round game and gotten into the quarterfinal, so to speak. They've never gotten further than the semifinal. They played right. in the semi a couple of years back, Marcus Howard, and it was the game against Miles Powell where. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've they've won they've won the first. Yeah, they've never Powell. gotten through there, and I would like to see. 
I would like to see him play Creighton. I mean, so I still don't think they win that game, but but, like, but you want the shot at it. You want the shot at it, and right, they have a better, better chance than of winning that game than, than Villanova. So the hard part here is we don't know what's going to happen at this point in terms of who's going to win the conference and get that number one seed. Creighton's currently half a game back of Villanova atop the Big East. Those two teams play tomorrow night. So tomorrow night is basically the de facto Big East regular season championship game. Whoever wins tomorrow night, I think it's that number one seed. And if it's Creighton, looking at the bracket, Marquette wants to get into that 8-9 game. Now, you might think, okay, the best case scenario is to get your highest possible seed and get in that 7-10 game. Then all of a sudden you're playing Villanova as a number two. So there's a lot of shaking and moving happening. The, the goal is this. If you're Marquette... Try to play Creighton, however that happens. And it's going to be damn near impossible to control that yourself. All you can try and do is win your final two games against DePaul and against Xavier at home and see where where the seeds fall. But in terms of matchup, I think Creighton is what you got to shoot for. I tend to agree with you. And, yeah, it all starts tonight. Like I said, I I didn't realize those two played tomorrow. That's going to be must-see TV, so we're going to throw that one on for sure. But personally... I just don't know what it is about Villanova, but this the, the Marquette this Marquette team cannot hang with them at all. Horrible matchup. Um, but you almost want to say, and this is the coolest thing about the Big East is like both these teams are so Creighton and Villanova are both so good. But it's like why why are they so why can they match up so well with Creighton, who's a much better shooting team than Villanova? Why is it why is it so different? It is such it's so strange. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to me that they that they can match up so well with Creighton and not Villanova. Because personally, I, I think Creighton has a chance to do a little bit more damage in the NCAA tournament. But I don't know. I I think you you would like to see them you would like to see them play Creighton. I think that's their best case scenario. Seton Hall has been a tough one for them too. I. You're right. It's going to come right down to the last two games. You win your two, you see what happens. That's that's all you can do. So outside of those top two teams, Kevin Villanova and Creighton, which team scares you the most in the Big East that Marquette might have to run into in New York City? Like, mm. in, Let's say they get through that first game against likely Georgetown, Butler, DePaul, maybe Providence, maybe St. John's. It depends how all that shakes out. Who else scares you? Is it UConn, Seton Hall, or Xavier? Who do you, who do you most want to avoid after that if you pull off the miracle and get through Villanova or Creighton. Probably UConn still, yeah. just because I don't know they got they got, they got high octane scores yeah. up and down the lineup. Both there. nights a freak. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he so good. He put Marquette like, to bed this past weekend, and um, from a Seton Hall perspective, Marquette at least played them close uh, in both games. And Xavier, they played close as well. They lost on a buzzer beater in a ninety-one to eighty-eight game. So UConn's the team I think you want to avoid that could get really hot uh, down the stretch here. It's going to be fun. You just have to hope that Marquette gets to that first game and gets a shot at Villanova or Creighton because if that's the case, all of a sudden we pay attention for one more gigantic Marquette game and who knows what happens tournament time. Let's see if they can pull off the upset in that one. But I don't know if that's a gimme at this point with how they've played the second half of the Big East season because um, there's a possibility you have to play St. John's or Providence, you know, in, in that first game, uh, depending on how right. the standings shake out. Now, I, those, if St. Those John's are, moves up, right, then you end up. Those are not gimmies. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally, there's not a matchup that I look here and I'm just like, oh, yeah, give me that one, just because nope. of how this team has played this not year. I don't I don't want anything to do with St. John's. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to throw that the, one in there. That's but. the one team they can't play is DePaul. And DePaul, I mean, they've got DePaul again tonight. And are, are, are you a thousand percent confident as we record this hours before the DePaul game that? They can go down to Wintrust and win. They couldn't do it with Marcus Howard. 
how the hell are you going to do it tonight? I, no, like uh, you, you shouldn't feel a thousand percent confident that they can get a win over DePaul at this point. I'm not a thousand percent confident. Put me at eight hundred percent confidence. I don't think this team loses to DePaul twice. Give me like after, come on, after percent confident. Oh man, way down. Yeah, <laughs> no, they, I, they I mean, lost you, to DePaul at home like a month ago. Like there's there's no reason to be like, yeah, like they're going to kick their ass. Like there's no reason to believe. Let's that. put it this way: I'm not putting money on this game tonight. I'm not betting on it um, because. Right, this team is just—they're just a wild card. But yeah, you don't know what Mark. I will. I I am more confident that they will win tonight. You can't lose this team twice. You're a much better. You're a much better team. Totally. And it's really—they're not even in the same ballpark. And the fact that they lost that one game is obviously just like, come on. Yeah, but for no, sure. not tonight. Nope, they'll win tonight. I think they win out. I think they'll win their next two. And we'll see what happens from there. So there's a breakdown of the Big East tournament and what could happen in a couple of weeks' time uh, at Madison Square Garden. You can hear each and every Marquette game, of course, on 94.5 ESPN. Homer and Tony Smith on the call. There are three letters that no Marquette fan ever wants to hear, but it looks like there's a collision course between these Marquette Golden Eagles and those three letters. We'll tell you what they are next on Championship Blue. What other three letters could it have been, Brian? Yeah, <laughs> I like I like the transition. I'm just not sure what other, uh, people are sitting there. They're like, "Oh, it's got to be the NIT." Uh, I'm trying to think of like a swear word, like oh. ASS. No, it's a. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of like a player's initials or something that somebody wouldn't. JTA. Yeah, there you DJO. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those are those are good things. Those right? are good things. Uh, NIT were the were the three letters that we alluded to. Now the NIT uh, actually made some big news this morning, Kevin. Uh, for the first time in eighty three years, the National Invitation Tournament, the semifinals and the finals are not going to take place at Madison Square Garden. They're going to take place in Texas. Now I believe the reason for this, the rationale behind it, is that. Uh, there's a there's a little more loosey goosey rules in Texas there are, than there are in New York State right now. That's what I have to believe is going on. I can't think of any other rationale for why they're moving this to Texas from New York City. Um, but this could be where the Golden Eagles are headed from a tournament perspective. Um, we all saw the NIT up close and personal in Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Marquette played three NIT games. Um, in what I believe was Marcus Howard's sophomore season at Marquette University. It was my junior year, so yeah, it was his sophomore yeah, year. Yeah, it was Rousey's senior year, and uh, I make no bones about saying this. The NIT was really fun. Like, those great. games at the Al McGuire Center, those three games were super fun. And obviously, it's it's a consolation prize. It's not where you want to end up. You want to be in the NCAA every single year. But having that place packed and having the Marquette community give a crap about those games actually made it really fun. Now well, it's the, yeah, that's just an avenue. This is kind of an off avenue that we'll touch on real quick. There's a lot of things people are like, why can't you know? Look at Gonzaga. Look at Duke. Look mm-hmm. at look at these other teams that pack the house every night for their games. And it's you know it's you know not that I don't know the exact amount of fans that they have there, but it's not nearly the size of an NBA arena that Marquette no. plays in. Fun environment, obviously money talks, but. It would be fun to see them play a couple games a year there versus sure. playing all games at Pfizer Forum. That's a story for another day, but that's something I would love to see. Yeah. And I'm not alone in that because it's a it was a blast. You're right up. You feel like you're right on top of the action at the Al. If you've ever been to the Al, you know, you literally you feel like you're right on top of the court. It's so great. The Al McGuire Center capacity, it's and like I agree 8, with you, 3,700 people. <laughs> very <laughs> I'm not even very close. Small, very small. Okay. Um, it's interesting you say 8,000, though, because that's kind of what it feels like when it's full. Uh, Cameron Indoor, just for some some context, where Duke plays, 9,300. Yeah. So it's it's three times as big, 
But you're right, those smaller venues do create a difficult environment for fans. So I, I don't think uh, Marquette would play big time uh, games there, big East games there. I think, you know, if you're going to play a game at the Owl, it's probably going to be a non conference game against an Alabama AM. I actually think they played Alabama AM at the Owl a couple years back. Um, or like IUPUI. Sure. Yeah, that's a classic matchup always to be in. You know, I'm looking at the McCarthy Athletic Center on here, too, for Gonzaga at mm-hmm. 6,000. Okay. That's kind of more of what I thought Cameron Indoor was, 6,000, sure. but it's a little bit more. So you're right, money talks. Um, but getting back to the NIT, it, it may be where Marquette is headed. So, number one, I wouldn't be opposed to Marquette playing in the NIT because. It was kind of fun. Now, obviously, the environment would feel different this year because of COVID-19. You can't pack the Al McGuire Center for those games and create that environment. Um, I would be curious to know Marquette fans' reaction, and you can tweet at our account. What's the Championship Blue account on Twitter? At ChampionshipBL2. Perfect. So check that out on Twitter. Give us a follow. But tweet at us, would you want to see Marquette potentially accept an invite to the NIT? Because... Obviously, like we've said, it's the consolation prize. The program should be competing, and we would want them to compete for an NCAA tournament every single year. But there's value for a young team, and that's what Marquette has here, a young team. There's value for a young team to play these games in March, tournament-style games, high-pressure games, winner-go-home games in the month of March. Would there be value to see Dawson Garcia play two or three games in the NIT? 100%. Justin Lewis, same deal. Um, and Justin was able to come back and play against UConn this weekend from a foot injury that kept him out the previous three, four, five games. So uh, I would like to see if it gets offered, Mark had to accept an invite to the NIT. I don't know if it will get offered or not, but I, I know there's a portion of the fan base that would say you shouldn't settle for that. In a year like this, that's a crapshoot anyway when you have a young basketball team. I think it would be an easy decision for Steve Wojciechowski and his team. Yeah, and if you're not settling for that, what are you settling for? There's nothing else there for you to grasp at this point. I mean, I did see, I don't know if you noted on this, but I did see that they downsized it to 16 teams, so they literally cut it in half. Um, I think they'd get an invite there just for the sure amount. And again, money talks. I'm sure that the fan base would watch those games. They'd be a lot of fun. They'll remember those couple years ago, and you're right. There's only one, there's no negative to playing in these games for this program. There's not. I mean, people be like, oh, man, another NIT bid. Who cares? Like, it's crapshoot year. You mentioned that. Yep. The only downside to this, and this this could be the only thing, is if some of the guys on this team, like Carton or Dawson, think that they've hit that level now where they're like, you know what? I'm going to opt out. Do I see that happening? No. I don't think so. No. I don't think we're in that realm. That's the only negative. Yeah, but I, if those guys leave and then you're just left out to dry and you look like you look, you put your team in a horrible position on a national stage and you're like, yeah. what the heck is who's running I know, this but show? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't predict that that type of thing happening from any of the young I don't, guys. I don't, I don't think, think so I don't, either. I don't think they're close enough or have had good enough seasons to explore potentially going pro at this time, and that would be the only reason you would opt out. So um, I would love to see him accept it if it comes to that, but more than that, uh, as we've been talking about for half an hour now. I would love to see them blow through the Big East tournament and clinch that automatic bid so we could actually watch an NCAA tournament. It would be great. I mean, we didn't even get one last year. I mean, that would be that would be ideal. And like I think the two years ago that we did get one, there was high hopes because the team was just scoring at an un like a historic rate. And then you run into a buzzsaw on John Morant. So it would be nice to it would be nice to get to maybe even see them play one game. I don't care. Just yeah, get the automatic bid, but it's just it's not going to happen, man. It is not, it's not going to happen. I had to search it's my brain happen. for a second to think about the last NCAA tournament game that Marquette played in because I've just tried to wipe that John Morant triple-double from my memory. Like I spent no time thinking about that after it happened. I was just out. I was over that game. I erased it from my memory, and the last game that actually came to mind was the game 
uh, against South Carolina in the first round, uh, even further back than that. Like, I kind of forgot the Murray State game happened. That game also I, sucked. <laughs> uh, it was competitive in the first half. It <laughs> yeah. was. It was kind of fun. And then it, nobody could have known this at the time, but South Carolina went to the Final Four that year as, yeah. a, as a seven seed, if was, I'm not mistaken. Um, or, or were they a 10? I think Marquette uh, was a seven seed. Marquette was a seven seed. I so that was a ten say. seed who, Gamecock who, team. Who, he's in the league now. Who who was their power forward? That, oh that, man, uh, it's going to kill me. He absolutely destroyed. We'll we'll look that up in a second. But I'm looking up this the Murray State game. They lost by almost twenty points, and the second half was just even worse. I mean, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at some of these numbers on here from Cinderius Thornwell. That's Cinderius Thornwell. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah, I mean this 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 Murray State game was just such a bummer. There, twenty four. Oh, I'm not trying to relive it. No, no, no. <laughs> man, well, I'm reliving it now. I'm reading through the highlight page on here, and man, I remember sitting. I was sitting at the uh, Dukes on Water there. You know, one dollar. It's like a yep. it's a nice little sports bar. One dollar beers Dukes were there. Dukes is with not all a nice sports bar. Don't lie to yourself. Oh come on, it's not bad. Oh, oh oh oh, trust me. Dukes has a special place in my heart, but it the special place in my heart is for five dollar pitchers. Okay. And well, yeah. But that, see, that was a little far. That, we we wanted to do a little downtown action yeah. in case they won, and no, it was middle me. of the day. No, I get it. I've spent many an hour at Duke's, uh, but it, I I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a nice sports. So you're so you you went you, you were talking you were referring to Sobes, right? Solomon's five dollar pitchers, or were you just referring in general to anything? No, Duke's Duke's is. Duke's on Water is like a terrible bar, but it's a great bar because all the drinks are super cheap. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's where we're getting at. By the way, are you a Duke's guy or a Scooters guy? Because it's the same bar split in half by a wall. I don't think I've even ever been in Scooters before. Really, is the backside is it still there? Yeah, <laughs> if you walk through the door, that's where like the Papa shots are and the beer pong. That's technically Scooters, and then where like the the bar bar is is Duke's. It's oh. the same bar. <laughs> It's you know it's, it's confusing as hell because across the street there's another confusing as hell bar which is Trinity that is three bars it's three bars in one in yeah. one bar. I always thought they hid the bodies behind that door, so I never went back there. Yeah, I, I always I always went through there. No, and there I was a bunch surprised. of yeah, there was yeah. a bunch of little knickknacks. I didn't know there was a second bar. Maybe I'll yeah, it's maybe literally it's two bars. Scooters is the back bar and Dukes is the front hmm. bar. I don't know what the names of the bars at Trinity are because the first time I went in there when I was a student at Marquette. I was really drunk, which is just what happens. It was like a Friday night. We Ubered down there, and I think I got lost. It's like a maze in there. It's an absolute maze in Trinity. Well, that, that's the thing is going to that bar is just always, I mean, you're you're always trying. It's it's a dancing bar. If that's yeah. your thing, it's not my thing. If that's your thing, like, cool. I've been there a handful of times. Don't really, not my bar of choice. You're I'm not more a big of a dancer? Sit- Get out there. Cut a rug, K. Wells. Come on, man. If Marquette would have won that game, you okay. would see me out there. All right, if Marquette 100%. wins the Big East tournament, Kevin Wells is going dancing at Trinity. Yeah, I'll film it and I'll love put it on. That. I'll put it on our social account. I love that. 100%. I'll deal. do it. Done deal. You got it. It's right up there with the coffee bet. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on Championship Blue. We certainly do appreciate it. Next episode, going to be taking place kind of right in the middle of the Big East tournament. So we'll see how things shake out. And we should we'll think s- of something cool to do for that. We should do like. Maybe we should do like a you know like a Twitch hit or something live. Maybe we'll something, something fun. Get our one of our thirty-two followers on yeah, Twitter to follow up. At us. bare minimum, we got to get Homer Tony on to, to talk about this Marquette team, and maybe it's doing a post mortem on the season. But uh, our guys will certainly join us on the show and uh, and and preview tournament time, whatever happens for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun. March is always fun. Uh, we haven't had a stretch of good run here, but I mean, it is just. 
And I'm not even the biggest, like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm much more of a professional sports guy, but you cannot beat March, man. No. You can't beat March Madness. It's so good. College basketball. I, I'm taking those days off. Um, I'll let, I'll let our bosses know that in a little bit here. I'm taking those <laughs> first couple days off. We're going to have a good time. We're going to enjoy the games. Marquette's in it or not. It's March. Enjoy yourselves and have right. fun. Well, Kevin's going to submit his vacation days right now. This has been Championship <laughs> Blue. Kevin, last words. Go Marquette. Yeah. yeah he's got my got it. Very nice of that. <laughs> Step up in the party, step up in the party high